Welcome into the 3304 Sports Podcast Preview Edition. I'm Wyatt Krieger, joined by Roshan Fernandez, a recurring guest of the show. Roshan joined the 3304 Sports Podcast back in the fall to preview the Syracuse versus Virginia Tech football game. But Roshan is a senior staff writer for the Daily Orange, Syracuse's well-respected student newspaper. He's doing it all, covering football, basketball, and just came out with an article about Jim Beheim's move to ditch the suits and going full quarter zip. So, Roshan, thanks for coming on. Let's start with that. What did you learn about Jim Beheim's wardrobe um, and his clothing preferences when writing that recent piece? <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me again, Wyatt. Um, I, I think that that kind of started at the beginning of the year where Jim was saying that, um, I, I think someone asked, are the suits coming back? And he said, no, the ACC's coaches kind of unanimously voted to to get rid of the suits and to go to the more casual clothing. Um, and, and so it just started with the funny little thing um, that was back in November. And I was just thinking, you know, has anyone asked this Taylor what that what that guy, what his situation is like? Is he trying to get Jim to like go back to suits? Like, I don't know. He's got to so be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I tracked down his tailor and it turns out that, you know, it's not a big deal. He has plenty of other big clients. Um <laughs> But, but we, we just had an interesting conversation, I think, over the years. Um, just I asked him to kind of look back at, you know, what are your favorite suits you made for Jim? They started doing the the suits, which I'm sure you've seen with the photo lining on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I we talked about that. We talked about Jim Beheim's style. Um, I actually spoke with his wife as well about um, kind of dressing him and, and what the whole game day process looks like. And it sounds like, um, you know, it used to be a thing where Jim would kind of they would kind of put their heads together and pick what he would wear. And it's since become a process where Julie lays out everything on his dresser that he's going to wear <laughs> everything down to the socks. Um, so, so that was just an interesting thing. I asked this tailor, you know, um, did you cringe when he would throw the jacket? Um, that was funny. Um, but it was just a, you know, a fun little story. And I, I thought it was, it was cool. That's just some hard hitting journalism right there by you, Russian. <laughs> exactly. And I've been, it's been a it's been a hot topic this year in college basketball because I've loved the transition away from suits. You know, there are some things you like about it. The coach is getting all sweaty, but I think there's some clean looks that the staffs can put together with the quarter zips and the different colors you can do. But let's get to this game this weekend: Virginia Tech versus Syracuse. Two teams in very similar spots. We'll start with Virginia Tech, fourteen and ten, six and seven in the ACC. Good for ninth place right now in the ACC. Just two weeks ago, Virginia Tech was was sitting in last after a half-court buzzer-beating, devastating loss to Miami. You know, a lot of teams would have folded. I think you could have seen a lot of teams, a lot of coaches lose the locker room after a a game like that. But the Hokies have bounced back since then. Four straight wins against some lesser competitions, some bottom-tier ACC teams, but FSU, Georgia Tech, and beating Pitt twice. So still showing that resolve and putting together some good wins. And while Syracuse, they're 13-11, 7-6 in the ACC. Started off 4-6, and six, but the Orange have won four straight as well. Um, but their resume in that four-game win streak is a little bit better than Virginia Tech's. They've got a great win against Wake Forest, uh, NC State, Louisville, and Boston College, a team Tech lost to. So of the two teams, like I said, Syracuse has been a little more battle-tested in their four-game win streak and have the most impressive win, but what has Syracuse done to turn around their season um, here in this during this win streak of theirs? 
Yeah. So about, I think about two, three weeks ago, um, I was in Pittsburgh for that, that game where Syracuse lots of Pittsburgh and, and that just felt like it felt like rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just watching those players come off the court that day, I think they put up, um, it was 52, 53 points and a loss to Pittsburgh, one of the conference's worst teams. Um, and it was, yes, it was on the road, but it just seemed like, you know, there was nothing left to give. And it was like, okay, that's a wrap on their season. And I actually did write a column, which was like, you know, this does feel like rock bottom. And then Syracuse comes out the next game and just looks like an entirely revolutionized team. And, and the offense puts up, um, you know, they averaged 90 plus points over uh, the three game win streak um, when they beat Wake Forest, Louisville, NC state. Um, And, and everyone just seemed to hit a groove, you know, Uh, I think it started with Cole Swider um, who, you know, had been kind of on and off, um, more off than on. And he's just been shooting really well, shooting lights out from three. Joe Girard got going. Um, he's been, he had some turnover issues earlier in the year. Um, but he was playing well, he was dishing the ball, he was hitting his threes, but he was playing well. And it was just, it was the the epitome of this Syracuse team, which is averaging, you know, all five stars averaging double digits. And you don't hear that very often. Um, and we'll get into, you know, they lost Jesse Edwards, obviously one of their five starters, but um, we can get into that a little bit later, but I think that like this team really just seemed to hit a groove. Um, but the other piece of it is like, you know, this fourth game against Boston college um, on Tuesday, just two days ago, um, Syracuse didn't look that good. Um, they put up 73, they beat Boston college. Sure. But, but it wasn't the same as the three games before. And I think that that was really, it just spoke to the, I want to say the inconsistency of Syracuse's season and that like on any given day, they could play incredible or they could play terrible. And you have absolutely no idea which team's going to show up um, on any given day. And uh, like this Syracuse team, you know, has shown that they can play well defensively. Um, they, they don't have a great defense, but they've shown they're capable of playing well at times. They've shown they're capable of rebounding. Well, they've shown they're capable of hitting shots. It's just a question of like, are they going to? Yeah. And that's just college basketball. In a nutshell, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about playing your best basketball in March. And and especially with the ACC being as down as it is this year. I mean, these are two teams, Virginia Tech and Syracuse, that like going to the ACC tournament, depending on how the rest of these last six, seven games play out. These are two teams that can beat anyone. I, I have no doubts about that. It's just about, like you said, whether or not they're playing their best. But you mentioned the defense. Where is this year's Syracuse team at in terms of just buying in? to the zone because I feel like some years with Syracuse teams after just being a college basketball fan for so long, you Jim Bayon has had some great teams that buy in from the start. Um, they're great teams all year and they make deep tournament runs. And then some years you have teams that, you know, don't figure it out until late in February, early March. And then like you've seen some, some double digit seeded Syracuse teams make deep runs in the tournament and really figure out and buy into that zone defense. So, where is this team at right at right now in terms of just buying into Jim Beheim's zone? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if buy-in is the the term I would use, but I think that like this team, it did take some adjustment, some time to get going. And Jim Beheim would reiterate that over and over again. Is like, you know, I have Cole Swider, who's a transfer starting. I have Jimmy Beheim, who's a transfer starting. Jesse Edwards is getting his first meaningful minutes. Like it's not, it's not an instant thing in the zone for these guys. And then you have Buddy and Joe at the top, who you know aren't notoriously good defenders. Um, so it, it was it was an adjustment. It did take time to figure out. But I think that we started to see some spurts of good defense, especially over this last four game win streak. Um, but but I think that, like, like I said, you know, it's still it's still a learning curve and it's still a process. And I think the biggest question that most Syracuse fans 
have been, I guess, have been having for, for the last month or so is that like, you know, is this team capable of playing good enough defense for us to, you know, go anywhere? Um, like this, this, this is not, this is one Jim, one of Jim Beheim's least athletic teams. Um, you know, people point to like slow closeouts, wide open three pointers from the other team, like just a lot of really good looks. And sometimes I, frankly, I think Syracuse has happened to win by like so much because teams aren't hitting their shots, not because yeah. um, Syracuse is playing good defense. So um, I think all of that being said, like, this defense has had a very up and down year and I don't think they've figured it out yet. I don't think so. Jim Beheim, you know, there was the time earlier where he adjusted to the one, three, one or one, one, three or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, which was the variation of the zone. Um, and, and, and that worked in spurts too, but it, it didn't really seem like the answer. And I almost, you know, I, I don't want to count out a, he's a hall of fame coach. I'm not going to, you know, question that, but like, it almost seems like sometimes he doesn't have the answer. You know, yeah. he just says, my guys have to play better. And, I don't know what else to to tell them. You know, they got to cover the space in the zone. They got to close out the shots and they're not doing it. So um, yeah, it's tough. I, I don't know if Syracuse has the answers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be tougher now that without Jesse Edwards, you reported the six eleven starting center um, fractured his wrist against Boston college on Tuesday, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So just right off the bat, how does this affect this Syracuse team that only seemed to be eight guys deep as, as is. Yeah, it's a it's a massive loss, and honestly, I, I would point to Jesse Edwards as not the best player on this team, obviously, but the probably the most important. Yeah. And the games where Syracuse hit the most trouble were the games where Jesse fouled out. You know, when Jesse fouled out with three minutes left, four minutes left, um, which was a common occurrence for him. Um, I think he's fouled out ten or eleven games this season, so foul trouble has been a thing. You know, when when Jesse's gone, it's a it's a big issue. It's like who's going to anchor this zone in the middle? That's question number one. And question number two is like, you know, Jesse gets things going inside. You know, he's, he's such a big, tall option in the paint and like being able to dish to him inside kind of opens up for, um, for Cole, for Joe, for buddy to shoot on the perimeter. Um, and when you don't have that option inside, obviously Jimmy is the option inside now, but, but losing Jesse there kind of hurts the offense. Like, I don't want to say just as much because he was probably more important on defense, but yeah. it hurts the offense a lot too. And like for a Syracuse team, which is pro- like the NC state solely based on scoring 89 points and <laughs> doing almost nothing defensively, like th- that's, that's detrimental. Yeah. So who's stepping up in his place? How are, how are they going to deal with, you know, you got Kevin Luma and Justin Mutz, two, two big guys that are coming to attack that zone. Who's, who's going to be taking those minutes uh, from Edwards? Yeah, I think there's a, Jim Beham has a couple options. The probably the mo- the the most realistic one would be backup center Frank Anselm, who um, we've seen a little bit this year. But like you said, you know, Syracuse is eight guys deep, and their bench production is like second to last in the nation or something like that. So Syracuse really doesn't lean on its bench at all, and hasn't really worked its bench much. And now now we're going to see kind of the the results of that. Yeah. Um, so I think. Frank Anselm's one option. Um, they have gone small with uh, with Jimmy at center, and then gone with Simir Torrance and Joe Girard um, at in the back court. Excuse me, in the front court, and shifted Buddy to forward. Um, so that's another option there. Um, there are other centered Barama Sidibe, who's um, been on and off with injuries for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I think we've seen him for seven or eight minutes this year. So my guess would be that Barama's not probably not ready to play, you know, significant minutes or have a significant contribution. Um, so that basically brings us back to Frank Anselm, which is, which is, you know, is Frank ready? Probably not. How quickly can he get ready? We'll see. 
Yeah, that's good stuff. So for this matchup, Virginia Tech comes in as one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. And you said, you know, a lot of a lot of Syracuse defensive success this year has come when teams aren't hitting their shots. So it doesn't seem like that will be a problem for Virginia Tech. You know, if they're getting open looks, they're hitting them, they're shooting 42%, second best in the country. So, you know, that seems like a formula to beat the zone right off the bat is, is having shooters and having efficient shooters. So how do you see uh, Syracuse really handling that, that aspect of a Tech's game. Right. I think the short answer is I don't see them handling that. Um, I, I think that that was the number that pretty much every Syracuse fan has circled on their sheet is second in the nation and three point shooting percentage for Virginia tech. And uh, I, I don't know that Syracuse has the answer to that um, against teams that I feel like over and over again, this season we've written a story and it's, it's a repeated storyline, you know, three point defense since Syracuse and loss. Um, and, and that pretty much has been, has been a big issue um, without Jesse in the middle. Um, you know, Jesse was good at closing out or good or was getting better at least at closing out threes, um, especially those corner threes. He provided a lot of height and he defended the paint inside. So if you're giving up open looks on a three and you don't have a big guy in the middle, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where that leaves. I don't know where that leaves Syracuse. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, like with the zone, the two disadvantages is, you know, everyone talks about is the shooting and then the defensive rebounding and tech's really been good on the glass during this four game win streak. So is that, has that been an issue this year or have they been able to clean up the glass on the defensive side? Um, Syracuse's rebounding has been surprisingly better than past years. I won't say it's good because Syracuse's teams haven't been really, you know, known for great rebounding, at least recently. Um, but, but I do think that, um, their rebounding is okay. I think they have bigger issues, um, than, than rebounding. Although we did see against Boston college, you know, a ton of offensive boards and, and that is an area where Syracuse could pay too, is like if Virginia tech, you know, is out of a groove and isn't hitting from three, but they're getting those offensive boards, you know, mm-hmm. that's so many more possessions that Syracuse has to defend and, and that could make them, that could hurt. Yeah, so we've we've gone over the zone, gone over the defensive side, but with Syracuse, it's all about scoring the ball. They're ranked 30th in the country in scoring offense, and that obviously starts with Buddy Beheim. but you've got Gerard who can shoot it, Jimmy Beheim can score, Cole Swider, you said has been coming on late. He's made 55 threes this year. So where do you see Virginia Tech struggling, especially when, you know, it, it seems like on paper the, the front court matchup Virginia Tech's guards are at a, at a little bit of a size disadvantage here with the length that Syracuse, you know, always has, but definitely they have that this year. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's always the potential of a huge game for a breakout game for Buddy, for Joe, for Cole, um, even for Jimmy, honestly. And and that's kind of always in Syracuse's back pocket is knowing that, you know, we're going to find ways to score the ball, even if um, Buddy's having an off day or even if Joe's having an off day. Um, so I think they need to find a way to get Jimmy going inside because the way those perimeter shots kind of open up or, or from the looks inside. Um, so I think that's going to be crucial. And, and if, if they are able to do that, that could um, potentially cause some issues. The, the other option there is Samir Torrance, who's Syracuse's backup point guard, um, you know, bringing him off the bench, asking him to drive, drive to the bucket, get in the lane. Um, those kinds of things could also potentially help open up for, you know, kick out passes to, to shots outside the arc. Mm-hmm. All right, Roshan, get ready. We've got bold prediction time. We did this for the football season. I'll start for, for the Saturday's matchup at Castle Coliseum. I think Nahim Aline, Virginia Tech's shooting guard, is going to knock down five triples against the 2-3 zone. He's a guy that's been extremely streaky this year. You know, really started off on a huge shooting slump. Some people, you know, 
Twitter fans in the mentions saying he th- thought thought he had the yips, but you know he's he's studied the course here. Um, had 28 points in the tournament last year against Florida in the first round in a first round loss. So he's clearly capable. Um, he's got the experience, experience, and he's strung together a few solid games lately during this uh, four game win streak. So I think he's going to break out, and that would be my bold prediction: is Nahimaline knocking down five triples against that zone. And if you've cool. got a bold um, prediction. Let me know. Okay. Well, I don't know how bold this this bold prediction is per se, but I, I think that I think that we'll see a season high in minutes for Samir Torrance. And I'll also go with the season high in points for Samir Torrance. I think that someone has got to step up. Um yeah. and and it's gonna be, you know, Samir has been the one who's been playing the best off the bench and we're going to see an increased production from him, I think. Um, and that's gonna require some shuffling, like I mentioned, with probably with the small lineup. But I do think that. Um, this is Samir's chance to kind of show himself and, and he's, it seems like he's been getting better and better. Um, mm-hmm. He obviously has the ball handling skills. So I think this is going to be, um, this is going to be his day. It might not be Syracuse's day, but I, I think that we'll see, um, we'll see some good play from Samir Torrance. Yeah. That's what's great about college basketball guys getting opportunities, you know, injury like that happens. It's, it's next man up and, you know, he's definitely going to get his chance to prove himself. Um, starting Saturday against Virginia Tech. So, Roshan, do you have a game prediction for this game? Yeah, I think I'll go. I'll go. So, I'll, I'll tell you this. We wrote our predictions for the Daily Orange before before Jesse Edwards got injured. It was yesterday. Um, or actually, I guess he was injured mm-hmm. before the news was announced. Um, um, and I predicted Virginia Tech 80, Syracuse 77, um, which is a close game, but I had Virginia Tech winning. Um, with Jesse's injury, I will go down to Virginia Tech 80, Syracuse 70. So I'm going to get a 10 point game. All right. I've got a similar, similar result. 70. I've got 76 to 71 Virginia tech. Um, ultimately I think the home court advantage is going to be huge. I think Syracuse has a lot of adjusting to do in a short time span without, without dealing without Edwards. Um, and then I just think the big, the big man down low, Kevin Aluma and Justin Mutz. I'm not sure who's exactly going to be, you know, that, high post free throw line area, you know, point of the offense where, where they got to get it inside. And then, but Justin Mutz and Kevin Aluma have such great chemistry and they've, they, they can pass to each other at, at such a high rate. So I think that's going to end up uh, hurting Syracuse. And then, you know, we'll see if Virginia Tech can keep the hot shooting up, but Roshan, thank you so much. Uh, where can people check you out? Can you, you want to give your uh, Twitter handle and then uh, what yeah, uh, articles or anything you got coming up soon that people can check out? Yeah, um, you can read all my stuff at dailyorange.com. Um, you can read all our Syracuse basketball coverage as well and, and coverage of plenty more in Syracuse. Um, you can see me on Twitter at Roshan underscore F16. All right, Roshan, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This was the 3304 Sports Preview Podcast.